What are we doing here, Rob? We are here to tell you that next week we will be putting out the live episode. Um, so get hyped for that. The long-awaited I Was in Seattle episode with <laughs> special guest stars. Which is funny because uh, Katie is going to describe... I use the word live again. I know. That's what I was going to say. Katie is going to describe in that episode why it's not live. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also funny because it is an episode that will come out the least live of all of them. I know. It will be almost a month after it was recorded (laughs) that it will be published. That is amazing. It just makes it that much better, let's be honest. So we're going to call it the live episode, regardless of the fact that it is the least live episode that we will have published. I agree. We might as well just say it's live, like... Who who's gonna know? Plenty of TV shows do that. They got that seven second delay. That doesn't count. Somebody drops an f bomb. You gotta let it slide. It's live. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Fuck it, we're doing it live. God, that's one of my favorite videos. It's like thirty seconds of just pure joy. <laughs> is that what that is? I mean, I I think so. Do you know what kind of is sad? I have hmm. to admit, like, of all of the Fox News commentators. Bill O'Reilly made me the happy, like happiest. Like Sean Hannity, I just I utterly despise him. But Bill O'Reilly, I, I feel like he he at least sometimes recognized that his entire thing was over the top. Like he he would do that you know yearly uh, event with John Stewart, and he would every once in a while say stuff that was kind of like, "Wait, did you just basically say that?" you're an act and you've always been an act and john stewart even was like wait did that just happen <laughs> and but now i he's, listened uh, to a freakonomics podcast episode today where they inter- where he where he interviewed uh charles coke one of the coke brothers for two hours uh-huh. and then the thing that was frustrating about that is that charles coke would say something that i totally agree with like the premise was just like yep that is that is exactly how i feel charles coke okay and then he'd be like and that's why i do and then something that would do everything to not accomplish that goal you mean he'd be like i really believe in the green energy revolution and solar panels are the future and if you look at the coming down costs it's gonna happen yeah that's why we should eliminate the epa yeah (laughs) you mean charles coke would (laughs) yeah yeah i Yeah, they remind me. They remind me of what you saying that is just like, oh, yeah. so you, you make you say all these things to get people on your side, and then you your your report your solution to make all this happen is just horseshit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, but it's kind of sad now. He's super disgraced for kind of being an asshole. I mean, he was already kind of an asshole, but now he's like. You know, also O'Reilly uh, now, not Coke. yeah, yeah. Bill O'Reilly, he's he's now also a misogynist asshole. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bill O'Reilly. I promise you that if there wasn't advertisers pulling out, he would still be at Fox News because oh that yeah, has absolutely no moral backbone. That's true. Let's be honest. <laughs> if he was, if he was still worth more money to them than the sponsors. That's yeah. So check this out. I I watched a video the other day, and I don't want we don't want to get back into Charlottesville, but it was I think we talked about Shepard Smith. Like, did we talk about that? He he was on his show, and he was basically like, "We called all of the Republican Congress people we could possibly call, 
And uh, you, you'd think it would be easy, and he like kind of self-deprecated. You know, he was like, "You think it'd be easy for Fox News to get a Republican Congressperson on uh, on my show?" And uh, none of them, literally none of them, would come onto the show to defend Trump last week. I thought that one was good, but then this other time, it was it was almost surreal. I don't know if you've seen this video, but it's two people: one liberal, one conservative who I can't even remember the name of the host, uh, but the host is like, you know, basically falling back to the the statue argument. She's like, should we be taking down these statues? And she lets the liberal go first, and the liberal is like, you know, this is a painful time, and, uh, you know, we should take down these statues because of what they, uh, you know, what they stood for, things like that. She goes over to the conservative, and the conservative guy literally weeps on air describing how like betrayed he feels by the president literally weeps on air uh and then the liberal one is also crying on air because of this and i shit you not the host goes well but what about the statues and he literally says something like i I don't care to comment on the statues like he's like what is wrong with you this is we're talking about something deeply disturbing and you're asking me about whether we should keep some fucking statues or not like i don't give a shit about the statues uh so it it just it's crazy because for this entire five minute exchange the host keeps on going yes but what about the statues and i'm just like how can you not read the goddamn situation like Anyway, what channel was this on? That was Fox. That was Fox. This host is on Fox and she's like literally cannot read the situation that nobody gives a shit about whether statues should stand or not because our president is an asshole. Some town in Nashville bought one of the statues they removed from the University of Louisville and put it up in their town square. So that still happens. Interesting. That's fascinating. I'm all for, uh, you know, museums and shit. Like, that's cool. Did you know, and I didn't, I I can name some of them, there are three statues of Lenin in the United States. (laughs) Did you know that? I did not know. Nope. And so, uh, you know, some people are saying, well, if we're tearing down statues of... Uh, you know, southern military leaders during the Civil War, then we should be tearing down statues of Lenin. It's like, okay, I, I can understand that argument. Now, here's the thing. One of them is, like, put on someone's private property. Like, they have a building, and they put a statue of Lenin on top. Well, good luck trying to remove that. That's You're, you're not ever going to do that. And, hey, whoever <laughs> buys – if somebody buys these statues and puts it on their private property, like, whatever, there's nothing you can do about that, like – let it go um and then another one is the face like this huge face of lenin in i think la or san francisco somewhere in california and the third one check this out is in north seattle a little a suburb called fremont or maybe it's its own city i have no idea honestly uh but what's what's crazy is just last week i was driving to a gig in Ballard to to play my saxophone and I drove by the statue of Lenin and I had seen it before but I had never really registered it and I drove I was like was that Lenin 
<laughs> so I got to my gig and looked up like Statue of Lenin in Fremont or Ballard or whatever it is. And yeah, it turns out some guy uh, during like a, you know, Russia was selling all of their Lenin statues or something. Some guy in the United States bought it in like the 60s and put it up. Uh, where what used to be his private property, I think might still be, but it's pretty public right now. It's like on a street corner. And I'm wondering, like, do you think there is a philosophical or moral difference between statues of Lenin and statues of Southern military leaders? Is there a moral difference? Yes. Why? Should they be up? No. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go in order. Why is there a moral difference? There wouldn't be a moral. Well, they're 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 celebrating different things, right? So, True. Statue of the Confederacy is a deliberate attempt to make the Civil War about like states' rights, which it was never a war about. Right, so that's the yeah. heritage that they're trying to change. It's the heritage they're trying to create that wasn't there. Is that yeah. it's all about it's all about states' rights. It's all about the, the, my right to be free, not about my right to own other people, which is the actual thing they were fighting for. Yeah. Um. And uh, that's reprehensible, and that should be taken down. Um. The Cold War was a terrible time in world history. And Lenin, in no small part, helped bring that on. He may not have been directly the guy. Okay, I see what you're saying, yeah. But he didn't help. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he was he was 100 years before, well, not 50 years before, but he was a, like, probably the, the primary figure of the Bolshevik re- revolution and what resulted in communist Russia. It's hard to say what Russia would have been had it stayed under the rule of czars and, True. you know, all of that type of stuff. And maybe it would have been worse. We'll never know. True. But we do know what did end up happening, and that ended up being a major adversary for a long time, including today. Yeah. So should we be celebrating a leader of an enemy? Should there yeah. be, like... Stalin statues? Should there be Mao Zedong statues? Should there be Kim Jong-il statues? Yeah. Should there be Saddam Hussein statues? I don't think any of them should be in public places. Yeah. I don't think they're as bad as a Robert E. Lee statue, but I also don't think they should be up. So I, I think, that, yeah, this kind of goes similarly to, you know, there's a certain degree of relativism, but the idea of... Lenin and what he stood for is not as I feel like historically painful to citizens of the United States, right? He he it's weird because you know, I've read up on him a lot as I was uh you know l- researching about these statues and on the one hand he is still fairly venerated in Russia and he's venerated outside of Russia for his uh not in Ukraine. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, some people in the United States think that, you know, the the uh, Marxist revolution of Russia or Marxist fueled, I guess you could say, revolution of Russia was ultimately positive. But 
Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got literally millions of deaths on his hands, or at least by his orders. Not, yeah, sorry, not on his hands, but by his orders. Which, uh, to, to signify that, people constantly paint the statue of Lenin's hands red in Seattle. So as to, like, symbolize all of the people he killed along the way. Literally millions. Did he did he have, like, giant hands from just, like, so many coats of paint over the years? I don't think so. I think it's kind of like crappy paint. It just chips off all the time. And, like, somebody, some person who owns the statue pays someone to clean it every once in a while or something like that. But w- what I would say is it's kind of like bad words. <clears throat> Whereas the the word, like... For example, fuck is a gener- is generally considered to be like a tier one bad word. It's the highest you can go. You've got your like tier threes like shit and damn. You got your tier twos like bitch or you know something like that. You got your tier one. It's like fuck. And I I put there's a few that I I tend not to ever say. Like I never I never drop hard C's. Uh, that's I more- like the word. <laughs> it's powerful. <laughs> it's, it's fun to say. It rolls off the tongue well. It do- it is fun to say. And I have to admit, like, I, I, I technically put it in tier one, but I think there are words that are like tier zero, right? Uh, and for me, like, uh, any word that is meant to deliberately denigrate a person or make that person feel less than other people, I think is a tier zero bad word that I just never say, right? I don't think you worded that correctly. What do you mean? Because a lot of words are meant to do that like if i called you a fuckhead what else am i trying to do sure but here here's the difference i think uh okay so you you do make a valid point and there is some philosophical distinction between let's let's take the n-word for example i i don't think i've ever said it out loud uh like fully and to me you make there there is some philosophical difference between Saying it maybe as a quote or saying it uh, uh, like uh, – what's what's the best way to put it? In passing and actually using it to cause someone to feel inferior, right? There is There is some distinction there. However, I feel the same way like with the F word. I feel like even fuckhead is just more funny to me. So you're talking about using the N-word in the Denzel Washington way versus the white person with a torch marching down the street way. Yeah, exactly. Um, But there is an argument to be made that because the N-word is still used by white people walking down the street with a fucking torch way, that even the Denzel way isn't funny anymore and never was, right? Whereas fuck is so pervasive and kind of used more funny that it's just not uh, it doesn't feel as bad does that make sense i i i think that fuck doesn't feel as bad because it's not deliberately targeted any particular group of people exactly. and it's kind of just a universally used word more than it's, and historical context is very important for both of them whereas fuck doesn't have historical context exactly and the n-word does and that's what i would say is i kind of agree with you that i think morally statues of southern uh military leaders feel more like tier zero to me because of our country's history and the effect that those military leaders had on our country's history whereas 
even though Lennon is not a good dude, he's a bad dude, was a bad dude, um, there is definitely not the same wound in our country due to his actions, right? Does so let me turn sense? this around and ask you this. Are there any U.S. presidents slash famous leaders oh. whose statue you would not favor being publicly displayed? I think if there's one that's just famously, hilariously was a douchey president, it would be Andrew Jackson. Yeah, I think the Native Americans would have a real problem with him being honored in type some type of honorary way. Yeah, I, I, and, and so I will say to some degree— red herring that oh if you take down statues of robert e lee who's next uh george washington uh you know who's next uh why can't i think of his name i don't know whose name i'm trying to think of oh damn it i'm I'm just like completely blanking on our third president's name oh thomas jefferson thomas jefferson no second president sorry adams was third right Oh crap! Now I'm. I think Adams second. I think you're right. I think Adams was second. You're right. I'm. I think I'm wrong. I don't. I. I now I'm just sad. <laughs> yep. George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, that's that's what I thought. But I, I, hey, I said third first. <laughs> I was right at first. I shouldn't have questioned myself. Um, Man, I should not have looked at John Adams. He did not have a good hair situation. No, he did not. But James Madison was a sly fox. <laughs> um, are you talking about them because they own slaves? Like, if they own slaves, yeah. why are their shit up? Yeah, so I can understand how someone would make that statement um, in an attempt to deflect the uh, terribleness of their lack of concern for the situation in our country. But... Uh, I think it's like completely different. And the best argument I heard was just that like the the goal, like Robert E. Lee and, you know, the, the so- other Southern leaders, let's say, their express goal was to tear apart the country, to to have the South be a different country. And the, you know, Jefferson and Washington were venerated for taking a group, like a very eclectic group of people and turning them into one country that has prospered and done well, you know. And, you know, no one's perfect. It's kind of like with the the way people feel about Lenin. Lenin was, you know, uh, definitely worse than Washington and Jefferson, let's be honest. But he also did some very politically fascinating things that make people kind of interested by him. Whereas I don't know if the same argument can be made by our so- like southern military leaders. You know? I think the other key difference to, to draw here is that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson didn't literally fight a war to preserve slavery. Yeah, and, and many would argue that they wouldn't have. Well, I don't think that's an argument that's worth making. That's not very academic. We have no idea what they would have done had that been a fight. That's true. But there are statements by both of them, and, and like Hamilton, for example, was very famously... Um, you know, shot in a duel. Well, yeah, shot in a duel, but also fairly famously anti-slavery, but not enough to actually make a huge stink over it. Are you familiar 
with the uh, group of NFL players last season who were kneeling during the national anthem? Yes, I am. Let's say, who was it led? Uh, what's his name? Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick yeah. led, was the first to do it and was the most outspoken about why he was doing it. Yeah. And kind of led the charge. Yeah. Um, he wasn't very good last year. And many would argue he hasn't been very good for a while. Okay. When he first came on the scene, Colin Kaepernick we're talking about now. Yeah. He was um, very successful because he was a dual threat quarterback in that he could run or pass very effectively. Okay. Making him that much more difficult to defend. Yeah. Um, In the more recent NFL seasons, he hasn't been running very much or very well. So he's pretty much become a pass-only quarterback. And he's not good enough at that to be that. Got it. So he can't be a single threat. Who would you say is the best passer of all time? Uh, you're going to make me say Tom Brady, aren't you? I don't know. <laughs> How the hell would I know? I don't know shit. If it's Tom I Brady, I mean, there's Tom guys Brady, with but... better overall numbers than Tom Brady, but there's not been anyone with like the same level of success over the same period of time yeah. that he has. But what you're, what you're basically saying, though, is that when you're moderate to – when you're average to above average at running and passing – you you're a double threat or maybe you're above average in in running and moderate to average in passing but if you no longer run you 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 lose a lot of your edge correct okay and it seems that he had lost a lot of his yeah um and so like already going into that last season there was a question like he he didn't start that last season they put in another guy that started the season who was got injured Okay. And so Colin Kaepernick took over, and then Colin Kaepernick took over for the final 12 games, of which he won one against wow. another really bad team. So he went one in 11. Yeah. Fast forward to this season. Okay. Colin Kaepernick is no longer on an NFL roster. Okay. A lot of people are saying that this is because of his protests, and that NFL teams don't want a player on their rosters that uh, that would speak out against the NFL, that would be, as they would label them, anti-patriot, anti-patriotic, and, and okay. the NFL is a very patriotic group. Yeah. There's someone who would talk badly about the country, who would bring up all of this mess during NFL games, that people just want to sit back on Sundays and watch football, yeah. and that his outspoken nature is the reason why no owner wants to touch him. Okay. And I think that it is indisputable that Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than some of the quarterbacks on NFL team rosters today. Okay. Whether or not he would be a starter on any team, is he better than any of the starters on teams, is debatable. It's not for sure that he's not, and it's not for sure that he isn't. It's debatable. Okay. He is absolutely better than some of the backups on some teams. Okay. Okay. Another piece of information I want to bring up. Okay. Give me all the the facts. Give me all the facts. Another player named Michael Bennett. Okay. Not only is very vocal. He wasn't the first, but he's been very vocal about the same stuff that Colin Kaepernick's been vocal about. Yeah. And then even in this preseason, rather than kneeling down during the national anthem, Mm -hmm. he just goes and sits on the bench. Wow. Okay. Um. 
but he's also one of the best pass rushers in the whole league. And guess who's a starter on an NFL team? Michael uh, Bennett. I'm guessing a starter on Michael an NFL Bennett. Team. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's a starter on an NFL team. Yeah. Um. My take on this whole situation is, Colin Kaepernick, if he hadn't had done his protest, would be a backup on an NFL team right now. But NFL teams, maybe not out of, like, racism or something like that, but it's that they don't want a firebrand taking away attention from the team because of his political stance. Okay. Do you th- do you have a problem with an NFL team kicking someone off of their roster for being politically vocal? Do I have a problem with that? Do you think it is a problem that NFL uh, teams would not sign a player who could potentially help their team maybe because of their political stance, knowing that there are other players who make equally loud political stances? I, I think – I mean with other players making equally loud – so here's the, here's the thing that I'm thinking. This, this, this is how I put it. I would say – I feel like they can make that decision if they would like. Um, And a perfect counterexample, or sorry, a perfect example in which I would disagree with the person making a stand and agree with the company who fired that person would be uh, that Google employee two weeks ago who wrote that manifesto, the the basically scientific sexism-based manifesto that was pure stupidity, right? Uh... In that case, I completely disagree with the employee, and I completely agree with or support Google's decision to say we don't want people who are so uh, politically charged as to say that sexism is okay because it's scientific fact. We don't want those people working for us. Here's what I would guess is probably more taking place. And there's probably, um, and I think this is with every, this is literally just how it works, sadly. There's a trade-off, right? At the end of the day, if he's able to make money for the team, if he, or, or you know, uh, deliver wins that make more money, uh, I think that's the primary motive that any team should have right i mean i don't i don't know if that's the case if some of their motives is to be the harlem globetrotters and have the funniest (laughs) team in the league but you know i think that's their brown certainly are trying and and what i'm guessing is that there are probably some uh teams that uh almost don't care and you the better you play the more the more likely you are to be on the team and that's the only metric and maybe it just so happens that all of those teams have better backups than Colin Kaepernick. And then all the teams that have crappier backups than Colin Kaepernick are the teams who don't – who are deciding that they would rather be more patriotic. I mean, let's be honest, though. Um, in terms of, like, scruples, uh, especially when things are politically charged – I don't know that they that that football teams have any scruples. One of the teams is named the Redskins, right? And that's 
in my opinion, that's pretty shitty negative press, and they just don't give a shit. And so I, I really don't know. To me, that's a good argument to say maybe the NFL is just doesn't mind racism as much as you would like to think <laughs> because they're perfectly, in general, perfectly cool with keeping a team named the Redskins but not cool with the guy who kneels during the uh, – the national anthem as a form of protest like let's just be honest here one of those is a thousand times worse than the other and it's not the guy kneeling during the national anthem so i i have to say like i think that they are well within their rights to choose their player just like companies can choose their employees based on political you know if you're too far politically one way or the other uh but i'd have to say that it's it's upsetting that you know the NFL leans more towards a team called the Redskins than it leans towards a person who kneels for due to protest uh which let's be honest everyone was saying when he was kneeling oh like he's just over the top like this is not a pro-, you know racism is dead in this country like why is he being like this and let's be honest it's not especially based off of the evidence that we were uh, presented two weeks ago in, or a week and a half ago in Charlottesville, right? So uh, I think that's, that's the other thing is I remember having a discussion with people like, I can't believe Colin Kaepernick would be such a shame to the country and kneel during the national anthem. And it's like those same people are defending Trump for calling white nationalists and neo-nazis some of them are nice guys like go fuck yourself all he was doing was kneeling to make a statement that he believes that there is systemic racism in our country that should be addressed he didn't hurt anyone like what the hell is going on so i don't know anything about football and i will take your facts as face value and i would say i think that all of the teams are well within their rights to not sign him or put him on their rosters, but I also am and and just generally it's it's generally upsetting if those are the facts and that he would be better than a large handful of backups that the NFL leans more towards uh, Native American racism support and less towards a dude protesting by kneeling. What if I told you a very similar thing? In my opinion, happened a few years ago. Okay. With a young player named Tim Tebow. Ah, okay. In Tim Tebow's final year in the NFL as a starter, he won two playoff games. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick didn't win one game. As a starter or last year? In Tim Tebow's last year, Uh he won two playoff games. In Colin Kaepernick's last year, he went 1-11. Yeah, okay. Tim Tebow, the following year, couldn't get signed on the roster. Yeah. And I think it's for the same reason, is that NFL teams don't want one player taking away all the attention. Now, Tim Tebow, while he did win two playoff games, was not the star of yeah. the team. He was not the star of the offense. He was probably the fourth best player on that offense. But there is no way that he wasn't better than some of the backups in, that le- in the league at the yeah. time. It's a very similar circumstance, except rather than being banished from teams for protesting, he was banished from teams for being too openly Christian. Yeah, 
and and that's I think same thing. I think um, I, I would make the exact same statement, which is which is weird because I feel like you know NFL wouldn't mind being Christian, <laughs> but uh, it sounds to me like in the case of both Colin Kaepernick and Tim Tebow, it's that they weren't that good. They ob- they were obviously objectively good enough, like you say, to be to be on the roster as backups, but their stances put them below that line. You know, that bumped them below. It's kind of like, you know, theoretically, if this engineer at Google were enough of a hyper genius, maybe he'd still be at Google. Like, let's just be honest. Companies are weighing all factors, not just, you know, the political factors and not just the performance factors. And so... I I would still like for Google to have fired him. Um, now, I guarantee people who I discuss these things with and argue with would say it's more unfair that Tim Tebow didn't get signed because of his beliefs than Colin Kaepernick. I would say it's equally unfair, right? Um, that kind of sucks, but like we've said, companies have the right to choose their employees, and companies are going to weigh all of the facets of that employee, so let me ask you then, what do you think? Like, do you think it's kind of probably not the best situation or what, like, what, what is your takeaway? I think that what NFL teams are looking at is, are you worth wins? Yeah. I think that Colin Kaepernick is a big enough locker room distraction that even if he might be more talented than Jay Cutler, which is the example that everyone's going to use as a starter in the NFL that's probably worse than Colin Kaepernick, even if he is better than Jay Cutler, he... His off-the-field stuff, having every one of their practices swamped with reporters, having Uh every player be constantly interviewed about, what do you think about that thing Colin Kaepernick did this week? Is going to be a big enough distraction that that small talent gap between him and Jay Cutler is going to be made up for, and the team can't focus on the game. And these NFL owners care about money. They don't give a shit about, like, what you do off the field. I mean, like, if they thought they would make more money with Ray Rice on the roster than without him, they'd sign his ass tomorrow. (laughs) But the simple fact of the matter is that the protest movement they would end up spawning in the negative press means he's not worth whatever he could bring to the field. And Colin Kaepernick isn't worth wins. He's not worth paying. And I think I think that is what's going through these N- the NFL yeah. owners' minds. So, But he, here's the thing that then for me on the other side of that coin that's kind of sad is that I fundamentally agree with you that you're right. It, you know, the distraction is not worth the wins. And apparently for the Redskins it is, right? Like they'll take on that distraction uh, because their people are still going to go to their games. I work with a guy who's a Redskins fan, and I've been like, doesn't bother you at all? Because he's not from the United States, so he could have picked any team he wanted to root for. He just happened to pick the Redskins. And I was like, it doesn't bother you at all that the art, like, the picking which team you like the most is generally pretty arbitrary based on the the plot of land you were born in, and that's the yeah. team you have to root for. <laughs> it's pretty fucking arbitrary. Yeah. But it's even more arbitrary when you're coming from a foreign country and you just get to throw a dart at dartboard and pick that team yeah. that you picked the team with the worst, most racist name. It's like, it's not racist. It's fine. They've had that name forever. It's part of their history. And I'm like, 
What the hell? Like, <laughs> say that name in your head a couple times <laughs> and, like, look at a history book of what we called Native Americans when we first got here. Like, it's wow. obviously racist. Like, they just – they're able to just rationalize it and just dismiss it. And they say, well, there's plenty of Native Americans out there who don't find it offensive. Yeah. Uh, well, Jesus. That's – goddamn. <laughs> what I – People will find ways to rationalize whatever they want to rationalize. I often joke, and people don't like this, because this this is actually exactly parallel to another argument when you say people will rationalize whatever it is they need to re- rationalize. I often joke that religion is the same as sports teams. Where you, bor- where you were born has more impact on which religion you're going to ro- worship than the the goodness or the correctness of that religion. And let's be honest, it's like people like you, you will continue to support the Mariners despite the fact that their goodness is low. Subpar. <laughs> Subpar. It's, also, it's also the thing, the, the, the other parallel with, with, with football and religion is that everyone shows up to church on Sunday mornings. Everyone shows, shows up, up yeah. to the stadium on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. It's, it, it's the Sabbath, man. The Sabbath, you go to church and you watch football. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same thing. At a certain point, if there's certain criticisms, it's like, well, this is – I was born, you know, in Redskin territory, and I worship the Redskins, and uh, I will justify it by all means necessary, you know? Now, we, we have no problem saying the word Redskin. Uh, so I, I was just thinking that N word, the N word is bad. I think we should call it the R word. I think we should just stop right. saying their name. You're right. We probably should because I can guarantee it. What it is equally denigrating, right? In fact, from this point forward and the rest of the podcast, yes. every time we say skins, I'm gonna ble- I'm gonna bleep it out. Aaron, you might have heard recently that Elon Musk is leading a group of experts against the uh, killer, uh, leading a group of experts for the outright ban of killer robots. Essentially, what they want is for governments to stop using autonomous vehicles to do tactical strikes in anywhere. Well, you're ba- so basically like you've got a drone that can pretty much do its entire job without any human intervention other than here are some coordinates make those coordinates go away right and he's pushing <laughs> he's pushing for an outright ban on vehicles or robots or what have you that's like that is that yes. the case so that when is i the case. i think i i read about this a little bit earlier today when i first read it i got I only, I admittedly, I only read a headline, and I got the sense that it was more like artificial intelligence robots. But this is a this is a different step, right? Like what you could say is, to me, a large distinction. Maybe we can come up with names for them. Is you basically tell a drone this location, and it takes off, flies there, bombs it, comes back, lands, right? You've got mm-hmm. that level of killer robots, let's say. There's a completely other level where you've got a robot or a computer or an AI making the decision of what should be bombed, right? Like, that's a completely – like, you basically wake up and say, hey, fleet of autonomous 
uh, vehicles go bomb the best targets, right? And it's a little bit more where robots are completely making the decisions on what does or does not get bombed or survive that day. Right, but that situation currently doesn't exist, and they're looking to ban the one that does, which is the first one. Interesting. What what do you, so? Yeah, that's very interesting. But but what I wonder. This is the problem with humans and violence. Does that really help anything? You know, if if it's if we have a human fly that vehicle and bomb that location, it is that really any different? Like, what I feel is, like it is. How the risk involved, right? So, if the drone is spotted and shot down, what have you lost? Some plastic, some metal. That's true. A million bucks. So you, if yeah. the plane is shot down, what have you lost? You've lost a soldier. Yeah, and you've like lost a, a, you've lost one of yours, like a human life. And and many would argue that's somewhere in the regime of, depending on the court case, millions of dollars to priceless. Yes. Uh, okay. Because there are court cases that place value on certain human life. Right, so the idea, I think, that is not what I've read, but this is what I, I think that they're trying to, to, to get out is, mm-hmm. um, if the only thing you stand to lose is an autonomous vehicle, you are far more likely to hit the kill switch than if you know one of your soldiers, one of your citizens' lives is on the line. Uh, so that, and that, that's kind of like uh, the discussion we had about like utilitarianism. Right, like, would you? The, which way on the train tracks would you send the train to save the most lives, or whatever? And what it's kind of goes along the same line where you've got no skin in the game, or let's say um, no human live, human life skin in the game. So you none of your people's yeah, human none of life your skin. people's human life skin in the game. So you're going to be much more likely to to. Uh, initiate the let's call it the cost of the kill is dramatically lower dramatically lower based on the price to to kill is much lower with the autonomous vehicle than it is with an a10 warthog yeah hmm so i this is very interesting i actually don't know where I stand because part of me is still fundamentally like have we really made anything better if we don't do that like let's be honest what if what if we got to the point where uh, we just fought battles with autonomous vehicles on the moon and there was just this tacit agreement that whoever wins uh, gets to take money from the other (laughs) Basically, like esports, robot wars on the moon. Basically, esports to some degree, where you, you know who can program the best AI. Because, because I would argue, if we get to the point where we're just killing off each other's autonomous vehicles, maybe we've won at that point, <laughs> right? If you're if 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 my autonomous vehicles are fighting your autonomous vehicles, and nobody is killing anybody's humans at the end of the day. Because we've gone gone so far, and you know, autonomous vehicles, is that possibly better? You have 
painted a world in which one team has killed all of the other team's autonomous vehicles and then just stops. Like, oh, we're good now. We're not going to kill all your people now that they're undefended. Yeah, that's... It's a good point. I don't think I don't think that'll be a world that'll that'll come to pass. I, I mean, Unfortunately, I do not think that we will come, live in a world where everything is desired by futuristic robo wars. The show on CBS on Sunday mornings. I agree, and, and I think part of it here here's the other problem. And for anyone listening, this is the hugest problem I think that we have in the United States because there's a lot of people who are like, you know, we. You know, we were just talking earlier today about how Trump announced a new surge in Afghanistan. And for a lot of people, especially conservatives, that's what they've been pushing for for a long time. Or when you take the war in Iraq or um, our military action in Syria and things like that. I'm beside like instead of making a stance one way or the other. I have to say that the degree to which you stand for. Uh, people inventing new war machines or taking more warlike actions, I think, is directly correlated to the military might of your country in... Sorry, the military might of your country relative to everyone else, right? If you are... So so that's what I... Part of me is like, you know, I'd rather autonomous vehicles because, you know that puts us ahead and we have let's say quote unquote huge air quotes especially considering our current leadership the the better culture and message and whatever right but when you're on the other side of that and you're not the one with the strongest military and you don't like the other people's culture or message or whatever it is i don't think you want that anymore and so part of me is like oh it's fine and then part of me is like well when not if the u.s is no longer the superpower that it is who knows 100 years 500 years 1000 10,000 whatever it is the our peoples that live in the united states uh you would rather that be a rule kind of like the geneva convention that everyone has adhered to hopefully cross your fingers since knock on wood (laughs) right so there's there's a very kind of like double edge to that where it's like well that technology provides more immediate uh, success or victory for us. Um, but is that victory really like other people don't necessarily want that victory, right? So let me ask you this. Are you familiar with the idea of war wariness, which is to ah. say the concept where the people at home who are not actively engaged in the war become so disavowed of the war so disillusioned of the war that it becomes a problem for the military at home i would say this the u.s military was not defeated in vietnam Ah, but the war wariness grew to such a level that there was no way to maintain that war and stay politically solvent and let me ask you this what do you think would create more war wariness in the United States? Ah. One pilot is shot down and killed in a attempted bombing or 21 civilians killed in Baghdad under botched U.S. operation through autonomous robot. Yeah, uh, that, 
that right there is a strong ass argument. Because <laughs> uh, cause you could make the argument that if all of the casualties or most of the casualties in the Vietnam War were completely autonomous, basically just money, drained money, that the war wariness would have uh, set in much, much, much later, if at all. And there would have been probably equal numbers of mistakes in terms of uh, civilian casualties, you know. So that's that's a pretty good that's a good argument for, you know, if we completely removed the cost of like you said our people's lives in a in a war campaign, we immediately uh man, there's a good word for this that I can't think of, desensitize, you know, we we desensitize the horrors of the war. Right. I think that Americans in general just so devalue the lives of the civilians killed in in wars that we don't get to see that that every time the U.S. military fucks up and they're like, oops, we dropped a bomb on a house full on a school, not on a terrorist sect. We're, like that is a passing blip on the bottom of CNN. Whereas if one U.S. warplane is shot down, that is, like, national news that the president has to address. Yeah. And, like, I think that making it all autonomous will allow the U.S. military to cause so much more havoc in the world unchecked. Yeah. Because... Uh, that it's, it's just not worth it. Like, there has – we have to put – American lives at risk in order for Americans to have a, an idea of the scale of the of the devastation we are causing around the world. Well, and, and the other thing is, like, you, you can even make the argument that because the wars that we engage in for our entire history since the Civil War and the, let's be honest, it was a tragedy, but the blip of Pearl Harbor compared to the the just incessant wars going on right now in the the Middle East and other parts of the world. Like there hasn't been an attack of like actual a nation state attacking the United States since Pearl Harbor, like the, the land on the United States. And one could argue that just that fact, the fact that the incessant wars that we have been in have been almost completely on uh you, you know have had almost no effect in terms of like terror like the actual like horrors of war on US soil also makes it kind of far removed like you could argue that if the same things were happening in the US as were happening in Vietnam the war wariness would have happened 10 times faster I imagine you know? being an afghani yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's what I'm saying is like at this point and, – and that's the other thing I think is that even when you do have things like this, it's so far removed. It, it's almost – and it's been so far removed in the United States for so long that it's like I don't even know what we're talking about. And that's not to devalue the, the, the human casualties in our wars, but we just have to understand that it's a completely different thing to be – 
the U.S. fighting a war on the other side of the planet and to be living in a country that is currently war-torn, you know? So, I mean, I think that's a, a really good argument that if we have autonomous vehicles that are such effective killing machines and we, rem- we remove all, you know, skin in the game. But, but see, people would argue, uh, and this, this is kind of like all's fair in love and war, right? People would argue that, you know, well, we're doing the right thing, spreading the right message, spreading the right government type and, and culture, etc. And so it's worth that cost. It's, it's, it's worth it to us n- to do everything possible for victory because we have the right message. And I think that's kind of what confuses any type of technology that is eventually used for... Uh, war, right? Nuclear weapons as well, right? We made the same argument dropping two nuclear weapons on Japan that the, the, because that was literally the skin in the game was one person flying a bomber compared to hundreds of thousands of lives lost and millions of casualties if you count uh, all the deaths and the uh, health effects, right? Like, the, the the justification is well we were you know we were right so any cost was worth it um and that that's that's the thing that's hard for me is i part of me wants to say good point so why isn't the world a perfect place <laughs> you know like you, you okay cool but it hasn't resulted any of these new war technologies haven't resulted in no wars so have we really won right <laughs> and will we will we quote unquote us being let's say the west ever win you know like i i don't know what i really have no this is a hard topic for me <laughs> Still got nothing on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Face Google's on a Pedia. That one too. Don't forget that one. It's very important. <laughs> Make sure to uh, let us know what you think. Like and subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, like and subscribe on iTunes. Start a discussion with us. Uh, feel free to hop in on one of my uh, 100 plus posts. Even when I'm not even trying to. <laughs> uh, you could just not do that, too, and your life would probably be be okay. It's true, but I just have this weird, like, uncanny desire to just continue the dialogue for as long as, as it takes, even if it goes nowhere, just to, to really make sure that, you know, everyone under, like, hey, I understand your position. I see kind of where you're coming from, but this is where I'm coming from. <laughs> Has that ever happened before? Uh, so, he, yes. Uh, I'll try to, I'll make it short story. Short story, me. Like, I, my positions today are, are a result and amalgamation of my changing positions over the years. Right? Like, and, and I think that that discussions that people had with me, and even though I disagreed many times with them, 
Uh, but the fact that I changed my opinion due to their words and their uh, opinions, it, it was very impactful, I think, to my life. And so I feel like maybe even if someone's just lurking and reading, someone may change their opinion. So a lot of times I feel like the people who I – my interlocutors, the people who I discuss with aren't going to change their position. But someone reading might get value out of what I said. Um, well, I hope you're right. I hope so too. Maybe. We'll see. Probably not though. Aaron. What's up? You got anything else to add to that? Still got nothing. <laughs>